Well, the reason that I'm standing up here today and not down there is because we're going live stream and you have to stand in this spot. <laughs> All right, so there's an X here somewhere that I have to stand on. So that's why I'm up here. And uh, we're, we're just trusting. The, the guys have given me the thumbs up whenever we're on. There's a few moments between the song. We're not allowed to put songs on because that's uh, copyright. Uh, so we can only, we can only start. Um, so great to see you all. Fantastic that you're here. And we're all expectant, aren't we? We're expectant that God's going to speak to us. Um, I'm just waiting at the back here. There's a little bit of teamwork going on as Jane and Hank are just about sussing this out. Just wait a moment. Good to see you. Don't forget you can order the CDs. I'll just do a bit of advertising while we're waiting. Uh, you can order the CDs. These are something you can use as a, an outreach. If you, if you have a couple of these, you can give them out. So here we are. So our title this morning is God is challenging you to move forward with confidence instead of drifting. Now, if you were here last week, you'll know that we talked a lot about God wanting us to be women who have confidence. And uh, have you ever heard that saying, you can take one step forward and two back? Yeah. Well, we're going to take one step forward and 14 back. <laughs> All right? Because I'm going to read to you from uh, Hebrews 2, verse 1. And then we're going to go right back to the beginning of chapter 1 again, because I think there's stuff that God, we didn't have time for last week, that God wants to pick up on. So here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Since all of this is true, that's referring back to everything in chapter 1, we ought to pay much closer attention than ever to the truths that we have heard, lest in any way we drift past them and slip away. Now, I just wanted to, to, to read that verse and just to, ch to challenge us about the idea of drifting. Because... Uh, a guy called Warren W. Wearsby, he says this, if we do not listen to God's word and really hear it, we will start to drift. Neglect always leads to drifting in things material and physical as well as spiritual. And as we drift from the word of God, we start to doubt the word of God because faith comes by hearing the word of God. And so I wanted to challenge all of us, my own heart as well, that it's so important that we don't drift, that we become women who are intentional, that we become women who want to go forward with God and lay hold of the things that God has laid hold of us for. And I believe that's why you're all here this morning, because I believe you are those women. You're not here by chance. You're not here just um, because you took a wee notion. No, you're here because you, excuse me, you want more of God. We drink here. You want more of God, that's why you're here. And so I just believe that there's a challenge here for us that we, we, none of us want to drift, but we want to move forward. And uh, you'll see that I've written in your notes that we looked at being confident in a God who has always communicated with his people. And remember that hearing God and responding to him always increases confidence. So if you want to be more confident in your life, and especially with spiritual confidence, but in every way, because spiritual confidence gives you confidence in every area. And if you want to be a woman like that, then you need to hear God and you need to respond to him. And that will, without doubt, increase your confidence. So let's go right back to verse 1 then in chapter 1. Here's what it says. Now I'm reading from the Amplified, uh, because I really felt this week that it helps us to understand 
this book it can be a wee bit difficult at times and I really feel this helps. So chapter 1 verse 1. In many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of the truth, and in different ways, God spoke of old to our forefathers by the prophets. So we know that in the Old Testament, God spoke to us uh, by the prophets. Now verse 2 says, But in the last of these days, he, that's God, has spoken to us in the person of his Son. So this is what we want to hear. We want to hear what God, the Son, Jesus, what he has to say to us and how he is speaking to us today. And it goes on, if you were to take, I'm not going to look it up, but if you go right to the end of Hebrews, Hebrews 12, verse 25, it says this, See to it you don't refuse him who is speaking. So do you get the connection? Verse 1 says, God has spoken to us in his Son, Hebrews chapter 12 says, See to it you don't refuse him who is speaking. So what God is saying to you is important. And and I just think it's so important that we we are women who hear God. You see, we can can talk about hearing God and we can listen without really hearing. We women are notorious for multitasking. Would you agree with me? We can do like about 20 things at one time. The men can't do it, but we can do it. But you know, when you do that, you lose something. And so often, spiritually, we tend to do the same. We're doing so many things and so many people to do, and the phone's there, and this is that. And, and, and I'm guilty of it. I know, because I'm guilty. And, and it's so important that we learn to hear God. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. It's so important that we actually hear what God is saying to us. And so one of the titles, the next title in your book, is in your text, or your notes even, are The Challenge of Hearing God. You see, many of us believe in theory that we can hear God. But a lot of the time, we actually don't put ourselves out to hear him. We've grown a wee bit lazy and a wee bit deaf. Do you ever hear somebody saying, are you deaf? (laughs) Well, we can be a wee bit spiritually deaf, and God wants us to open our ears. In fact, Jesus said, he that has ears to hear let him hear and so we want to we want to um, be women who hear and one of the, some of the things that stops us hearing god some of the things are because we're so much noise going on around us would you agree with me i mean the tv's going this is going that's going people are coming in making demands problems you know so many things to do so much noise about us that we can very easily miss hearing what god's saying and so often he speaks in a quiet voice Remember Elijah the prophet, after all the went and all was over, he heard the still, small voice. And so one of the things that stops us is noise. Another is distractions. Uh, you know, so many things that we, we mean to go and how often I mean to go and spend the whole morning with God. And before I know, the whole morning's gone because so many other things have come in. Would you agree? So uh, noise and distractions, fears and disappointments can also distract us. Now, I had actually... Um, I wanted to read you something about disappointment, but Jane gave me her phone and she didn't get, forgot, forgot to give me the code, so I can't open it up. She's running up here. I think she's going to do it for me. <laughs> she's, her, the code is her birth, uh, the year of her birth, so she doesn't want you to hear it. We have changed it. So, because you see, God doesn't want us to stay disappointed. God doesn't want disappointment to stop you hearing Him. You're on TV now. Do you realise that? I know. 
Okay, here's the word for today. Live, live to you today. Straight off, the, straight, straight off from the headquarters. Are you going to break agreement with disappointment? So often we let disappointment continue to rule us. And because we were disappointed before, we, we are, we kind of, it stops us from hearing God for the now and having an expectancy that things are going to change. Here's what it says. I am breaking off disappointment from your life and from your circumstances, says the Lord. For it has been like a heavy blanket trying to extinguish all that I have put in you and on you. But now I come to break you out of disappointment and release you into rejoicing. Do not partner with disappointment any longer, but rather fix your gaze on me and allow me to lift it off you right now. Repent of all the disappointments that you've been carrying and give them up to me in this moment. Leave those disappointments behind you for good. It's also time to let go of all the pain and negative emotions that lingered with the disappointment. Give it up to me. Disappointment desires to own you and stop you from moving forward with me. Break agreement with it now and let it go and then step into joy. So give your disappointments to God and receive the restoration of your joy. And you could pray along these lines, Christ Jesus, I am sorry for where I have held onto disappointment and the destructive emotions that come with it. I recognise where it has been stealing my joy and forward momentum in you and repent of this. I choose now to break agreement with disappointment and cut myself off from it. Are you in agreement with that? Maybe you need to give a wee prayer up and just agree with that, that you choose now to break agreement. I now give up to you, Lord, all the negative emotions associated with this disappointment. I release the circumstances to you. Right now, you might just take a moment. There might be something specific that you need to release to God. And I believe God wants you to ask him to heal you from memories. Oh boy, I'd love to go down that avenue about the power of memories, but we haven't time for that this morning. That's maybe for another day. But you ask him to release you and even bring him into those memories. Because on to say now that God wants you to forgive those who have disappointed you and those that you've blamed for the pain and emotions that you've been carrying. Here's what God wants you to say. I now release blessings on this person or these people that have disappointed me or hurt me through disappointment. And I thank you that to those who mourn, you give the oil of joy. And to those who, who despair, you give the garment of praise. Jesus would, would, Jesus would you now restore to Jesus, I can nearly read this. Jesus would you now restore to me my joy and forward momentum. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a long reading, but that was this morning's reading. And I feel that's a word for all of us because disappointment can actually block, put a blockage to you hearing God with the present word that he wants to give you. And God wants to speak to us, not once in a blue moon, but every day. He wants it to be an ongoing, everyday relationship. And so there's this challenge that we're put, throwing out to you this morning about hearing God. God is challenging you about this, I believe, about this question. And, you know, if we don't spend time with him, we're not going to hear him. I mean, that goes without, that goes without saying. We need to create space. Now, I wanted to, I've given you a wee space in your notes where you could maybe just even uh, later on when you have time at home, even to write down 
you know, how do you hear God? How does it work for you? And maybe today God's going to speak to you about hearing him more clearly. And I wanted to share with you just a few things. I'm going to go through these fairly quickly, but I wanted to share with you some of the ways that I've learned over the years. And this is only just a few things. It's some of the ways, because God speaks in so many different ways. And uh, here's one of them. I, I hear God mostly by reading his word. And, and it's good to read it on a daily basis and get it into your heart. I've been reading God's word from I've been a wee girl, even a girl as young as eight. I got saved when I was eight, and from the moment I was saved, there was something about God's word that even as an eight-year-old, I loved. And, and, and God, over a lifetime, God has, has really nurtured me and helped me. God's word is alive. And God wants you to get his word into your heart. And, and you know, it's okay to start with one verse. It's okay to start with one verse and begin to internalise it and meditate on it. Ask God to give you verses. Friends might give you verses. It's really, really good to get God's word into your heart because God's word is alive. I love what it says in, um, in, the, in the notes of the Spirit-filled Bible. Uh, and it says, when you receive God's word of promise, you will never be barren. The power in his word will always fulfil the promise of his word. God's word cannot be barren or fruitless because his own life power is within his word. And you know, when I read his word, I usually keep reading until something hits my spirit because the Holy Spirit has been given to you. At the moment that you trusted Jesus to be your saviour, you received the Holy Spirit, you have the Holy Spirit in you, and Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit to teach us. And, and he makes the word of God, he'll take something out of it and he'll make it alive that will be relevant to your, that particular moment in your life. So if you ask God to lead you to the word that he wants to give you and, and trust the Holy Spirit to make the word alive and you'll know it's alive because something will connect in your spirit and you'll feel it. You'll feel it hitting you and you'll feel that's what you need. It. You'll feel, it's like a big sigh. I thank you God, that's for me. Because God loves to take his word and personalise it and to direct it right into your heart. The Bible says in Hebrews that the word of God is sharp. It's like a two-edged sword and he knows how to put it right in, even where the joints and marrow meet, even where you don't even know what's wrong with you. He can give you a word that sort of settles you and strengthens you or challenges you or whatever. And you know God's spoken because that word's alive to you. The biblical word is rhema, the rhema word, the word that's alive. So you can read the scriptures and it mightn't mean to be hitting you, but if you ask the Holy Spirit to teach you and to take his word, you will find that a rhema word, a word will jump out of it all and it will speak to you. And that's what's been, uh, that's what's really kept me going for all these years in all kinds of situations, that, that, that reading it until it hits me, meditating on it, allowing it, chewing it over, writing it down, uh, Asking God, what is he saying through it? Listening and, and writing down what I feel God's saying through that word. That's, that's the main way that, that I hear from God. And there's a discipline in this. Because I'll tell you, the enemy knows that the battle is won or lost in you hearing from God. And I still struggle with getting the space and the time to be alone with him and to read his word and to spend time with him. Because that's where the battle is won or lost. Because you need to hear God from God and you need to hear from him on a regular basis. And that's the first and most important way. Get God's word into your heart. If God's word is not in you, then whenever you're in a time of need and there's not a Bible near you, how can the Holy Spirit take out a word? You need to get it in you and then the Holy Spirit will highlight it in a moment of difficulty. And the Holy Spirit will take what's in you 
and he will use it. You're really investing when you start to read God's word and get it. Memorize it if you can. Get it into, write it and write. Stick it. Stick it on your wardrobe. Stick it on the mirror. Because you look in the mirror plenty to put your makeup on. Keep sticking it up there. So when you look at yourself, you see the word. And, and stick it in your car. Stick it everywhere. And begin to get it into your heart. The second way is I hear God as I worship God. And so often, uh, just even sitting alone and just being aware of God's presence and worshipping him. Or, you know, um, through, through, through song, through worship songs. Now, I hear God through worship songs all the time. And, and there's something lovely about that, and even through creation as well. But I'll give you a story. Like a few weeks ago, I was about to do something and I was, I was a bit nervous and I was striving about it. And, and one morning, I just, I was lying in bed and I just put on a song. And the song was about God, a song you probably wouldn't know, a bit, a bit abstract, but it was about going through the veil. And honestly, as I listened to that and worshipped God, do you know, something happened in my spirit. And I just heard God saying to me, come on through the veil. And I felt myself being slipping. You know, the, the veil that Jesus tore in two because into the holy place, into the very presence of God. We couldn't enter there because of our sin. But because of Jesus' death on the cross for our sins, that veil has been rent in two and we can go right in. And I just felt like God was saying, come right on in. And something happened supernaturally. I heard from God, but he touched me in a supernatural way. And it's really simple, isn't it? And so often if we, if we get good, you know, worship music and listen to it, very often God will speak to you. I, I was, <laughs> a friend down in, in Bangor, we were texting each other there uh, maybe about a month ago. And she sent me a text. And the line that she used in the text, now I promise you this is the truth. As I read the text, I was looking down at my readings and the same word was in just exactly the same line was in front of me. See, God's amazing. He'll work out of the box. I remember, I texted her back, you'll never believe this. I was actually reading that word just as your text came through. On the, I mean, it wasn't like five minutes later. It was on the moment. That's, that's the kind of God that we have. He'll, he'll surprise you when you start to carve out a bit of time for him and have faith that he wants to speak to you and open your ears and by faith hear him because he wants to speak into your life. Not only through worship music, not only through reading his word, but even through nature. I look around me at scenery and I see God all the time. I love something that Marion said in the prayer room this morning. She said as she looks at the trees now and as she sees the leaves beginning to blow off, I was, I was hoping you wouldn't share this so that I could tell it. <laughs> I'm just confessing that to you because I thought it was brilliant. She said as she looks at the leaves of the trees, you know, blowing off at this time of the year, that she feels like God says to her, Marion, what needs to go? What do you need to let go? Let that stuff go. Let it, let it be blown off you. Don't be caught up with the past. God's new things for you. If the old leaves don't go off, how are the new leaves going to come? And so God will speak. He spoke to Marion very directly, like through, just through watching the trees, looking at the Listen, we need to hear by looking around us and being open to hear what God is saying. So he, he speaks through creation. I also hear God, and I've been really challenged about this through solitude. Did you ever feel that you're just bust if you don't get away with God on your own? Do you ever feel, there's just that much going on right me here, I need to get away off somewhere. And, and in Fort Aventura, I love to do that. That's one of the places I love that solitude. But I'm really trying to bring it more and more into my life to make sure there's a time of solitude when it's only God and me. A time when lovers meet. A time when I don't have to talk. A time when I just, I just bathe in his presence, conscious that he's right there. 
and just wait to hear what comes up in my spirit. It's amazing. It's amazing to open up your spirit to the Spirit of God and to trust him. And it's amazing the thoughts he will put into your mind. It's amazing. And you know, I know that so often we're distracted. That's the very time when the enemy will come in with all those other distracting thoughts. Well, do you know what? I read somewhere recently, why not actually listen to those other thoughts? Because maybe they'll teach you something about yourself. Maybe what the enemy saying, well, I'll just listen to that. What, what was that thought? And then begin to catch yourself on. You don't need to listen to that. And if you do write it down, if it's something that's life or death, write it down. You can look, you can do it, you know, an hour or two later. And so solitude is so, so important. Uh, being alone with God, making sure that there's no sounds, no distractions, so that we can sense what God is saying to us. And then, of course, I often hear God prophetically speaking to me. And he does that through speaking, through preaching. Often I hear people and it's like a prophetic word. It's like God has given me a word that I know is just for me. It's a rhema word. It's a prophetic word for my life. It's what God is saying to me and he's challenging me. And I love that. And you can get a prophetic word from the platform, but you can also get a prophetic word from an individual. And I love that as well. As you're praying for people, sometimes God will, will give, give, often as I'm praying for people, I just sense God saying something. And it's just, it has to, prophetic word must line up with the word of God. But, but sometimes God just says something, and, and you know that yourself. As you listen, sometimes what's said just goes right to your heart. That's a prophetic word. That's a word that God's saying for you. And so God wants us to be open to that. And sometimes I hear it through preaching, and sometimes I hear it through um, even things that are going on around me. You know, sometimes I even see it. Uh, you know, if you open your eyes, you'd be amazed. What you see up the side of the bus might be a word for you. Honest to goodness, that's the truth. I remember one time being really burdened about something and, and, uh, and I remember uh, being driving home from Marks and Spencer's and I was crying out to God about something and, and I looked in the back of the car, there was a van in front of me and it said something, I can't remember exactly, but something like believe or something like that or just believe or something like that. And it was like God speaking to me. God speaks in the most amazing ways. If our, if, our, if our antennas are open. But half time we're going through and it's like we're not only spiritually deaf, but we're spiritually blind. And we don't see or hear what he's saying to us. And he's a God of communication. We saw that last week. And he wants to talk to you. And he wants your antennas to be open and to look around you and see what he is saying because it's all there. And so often God speaks to me through things that happen or through people. He speaks to me through William all the time. Like William has two hearing aids. And uh, like he's always speaking to me because those hearing aids are lost or this or that or whatever. And, um, and, and we, we're searching for the hearing aids so that he can hear. And so often I feel like God's saying, put your spiritual hearing aids in, that you can hear me, be open to me. I remember one time in Fort Aventura, uh, a year or two ago, William uh, we'd lost the, one of these hearing aids and um, we couldn't, do you remember, Jim, we couldn't find it and we hunted everywhere. And finally, William uh, kind of walked into the kitchen, put his foot on the bin and went like that. He'd bend it. If you'd have seen Jane and me out, because we had already emptied the bin. And if you'd have seen Jane and me out in the big skip outside the house in Fort Aventura, and Jane holding on to my legs as I'm leaning down into the skip. It's important that William hears. It's important that you hear. And God wants your... He wants your spiritual hearing aids on. God speaks to us in all kinds of ways. He wants our spirit to be open. He wants us to pick up what he's saying. Another way God speaks to me is through dreams. I get dreams 
on a, not, not every night, like, but I do get dreams from time to time. And some of those dreams have been so amazing. And they often come at a very strategic time in my life. I remember a particular situation where it seemed there was no way through. And God gave me a dream of a big ship and it was going through uh, like, a, 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 like a, a cleft in the rock and there was no room for it on either side, but this big ship was being drawn and directed through. And as it came through, there was tremendous joy and we entered into like a big, big lagoon, a big wide open space. And I saw a train going alongside and all these people rushing with joy to jump off the ship to get onto the train. And you know, that, that, that dream was so significant to a group of people in my life because it was as we sensed that God was saying we were all going through a very difficult situation and it was like God saying, I'm going to steer you through and I'm going to bring you into an open space. And there's going to be much joy. And out of this difficult ship, there's going to be a hope. The, the gospel train is going to go forward. That was what we felt the, 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 the dream was saying. But when you're, when you're dreaming and you get a dream and you remember it in the morning, and I, if, I, if I get a dream and it comes back to me, uh, I always sense that's a, that's a good way of thinking, well, God, this maybe is a God dream because it's coming back and I can't get away from it. And then I would ask the Lord to give me discernment to understand, if this is from you, Lord, then what is it? And if it's not, put it out of my head and don't give me any meaning. And if we ask for discernment, very often he can help you to understand what, he, what he's saying. Because when you're sleeping and you're knocked out, the Holy Spirit has a way of coming and, and, and he, can, he can download stuff to you that maybe through the day you're too busy to hear. But you need to also pray protection over your mind because the enemy would try to get in through your sleep and put fear on you and all kinds of negative stuff. So I always pray that over myself. And so these are just some of the ways. I also hear God when I pour out my heart to him, when I tell him everything and give him space to speak to me and, and just say, Lord, faith, a rising up of faith is what really invites the Holy Spirit to come and speak to you. Thanks. Thanksgiving. God, thank you you're about to speak to me. Faith. Thanking God, trusting God, being ready, believing that he wants to talk to you and he's about to talk to you. And, and when he does speak, don't be saying, oh, well, maybe that wasn't God. You know, if, if it lines up with the Bible, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, then scrap it because we know straight off. That's why it's so important to get the word into your heart, that you can have discernment and know what is, what is from God and what's not. But if, it's, if it lines up with God's word, you run with it. And so we see that there's a challenge of hearing God and uh, having your spirit open to what he wants to say to you because God has spoken, as we said in verse 1, and chapter 12 says, make sure you hear what he's speaking to you about. And so we see not only does he want us to hear him, but he wants us to see what he is really like and what he is doing in your life and in the world around you. And uh, I believe that there's a challenge as well for us about our spiritual sight because you know what, many of us, have lost the wonder of who Christ actually is and how great his resources are. And so I want to read, uh, just we'll continue again from chapter 1. And it says in, in verse 2, in these last days he has spoken to us in the person of his son. Listen, look at this. Whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things. Also by and through whom he created the worlds and the riches of space and the ages of time he made produced built operated and arranged them in order this is the amplified version he that is jesus is the sole expression of the glory of god the light being 
the outraying of radiance of the divine, and he is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. When he had offered himself, accomplished our cleansing of sin and riddance of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. That is something, isn't it? That is the person who is our God and our Saviour. That is the person who has devoted himself to you, who has proved his love, who has died on the cross for your sins, the one who has sent his Spirit to show, to show you what he is like and to be with you every day. Jesus said he was going away, but he was going to send the helper because the helper was going to come and he was going to show you the things of Christ. And so it's amazing when we see see the wonder of God. And you see, I think we grow spiritually blind because there's so much dazzle of the world going on around us, so much rubbish going on around us. It, it actually dazzles us. You know, so many TV soaps and all the rest, I'm not saying you shouldn't watch anything because I like watching TV as well as anybody else. But I tell you, we do need to be careful that we're not dazzled by all this stuff that we can't actually see what God's doing and saying. It's so important that we don't allow ourselves to be distracted and dazzled by the world. And again, the disappointments. We need to focus on Jesus. We need to get our spiritual specs on and focus. And if you're, you know, you remember you used to look through, I don't know, do they still have those binocular things? Do you remember? And you had to focus them. Remember the wee thing that you turned around and, who's, who's old enough to remember that? Whenever we were in Israel, we went up to, right up to the Syrian border. And Jane found there was a, one of those things to look through, again, the idea of binoculars or whatever. And, and as she adjusted it and looked, she could actually see over into Syria and she could see some of the desolation in one of the towns. We could hear the bombs going off as we stood at the edge. So you need to adjust, you need to adjust your, get, your, get yourself in focus. And no wonder it says in Hebrews 12, you know, looking on to Jesus, you need to keep looking on to Jesus because he's the author and the finisher of your faith. He knows the beginning. He knows where you've come from. He knows what's behind you. He knows the stuff he wants you to let go of. But he, he also has, he knows what he's bringing you into and he knows what he has for you. So keep your eyes on him because it's like plowing a field. You can only plow a straight furrow if you keep your eye on the end and you've got to keep looking at Jesus, the author and the finisher. Keep looking to the finish point because he's going to take you, but you've got to keep looking on him. Keep focusing on him. Don't look to the left or to the right. So often this is what we do. We're like, a bit like Peter whenever he got out of the boat. We're, we're look at the waves and then the next thing we're going down and we're taking a downer. And he said, no, don't do that. Keep, as long as Peter kept looking at Jesus, he kept walking on top of the water. And you and I need to keep our eyes focused on him and to be able to see him and know that he loves us. And so this is the God that we have. Did you notice some of those things? I've written them in your note. Did you notice that he is the heir and lawful owner of all things? Look, everything's in his hand. What are you worried about? Sure, everything is in his hand. Do you notice that it says he is the perfect imprint and the very image of God's nature? And he's upholding and maintaining, guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. What are you worried about being guided or moving forward or the difficulties that are around you? What are you worried about that for? He is the one who is maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. And as you get his word into your heart and you begin to live by the power of what he says and not those lies that the devil says, and the more you listen to him instead of the lies, 
you'll begin to find you have strength and you'll begin to find that he's taking you forward. We need to go forward with him. We need to understand who he is and how much he loves us. It says, and we read it there, that he, um, he takes us forward because of his mighty word of power. We need to know that there is power, we've already said it, in his word and he takes us forward. Now, uh, I really feel it's important that we remember who he is. This is what Hebrews 1 is all about. And we need to remember that not only has he all power to work in your situation and in your circumstances, but you need to know that he has, it says in the end of verse 3, he has offered himself to make us clean and to rid us completely of guilt. Now, you need to get that. His death cleanses you from all sin. That was at the moment when you asked him to be your saviour. But it's an ongoing thing every day. And he wants you to live as women who are clean. Not only, you can't be confident if you don't feel clean before God. And the death of Jesus Christ and the power that's in his blood is enough to cleanse you every day. All you've got to do is come and confess your sin and turn away from it and say, Lord, just cleanse me, please, afresh and help me to do better today. And if you stumble... You know, what does our song say at the beginning? How many times will you pick me up? He'll just keep picking you up. That's the, at the bottom line. And so God wants us to be women who will focus on Jesus and women who will know that he, the power that he has to cleanse us is forever and it's every day. And you and I can walk uh, not with guilt. God does not want you carrying guilt from something that happened 20 years ago or yesterday. He wants you to be clean from it, rid you of all guilt. That's what it says in the Amplified. He wants to make you clean and to rid you completely of guilt. If anybody's carrying guilt, I want to tell you, if you have asked Jesus to forgive you, you're carrying false guilt. And you need to get up here at the end and we'll pray it, we'll pray it off you. Because <laughs> I tell you, you're not meant to be carrying false guilt. Jesus has paid for that. It's gone. It's done. It's one of those things like the leaves that Marion talked about that need to be blown off the tree. Now, as well as that, we see that Jesus is better, and we mentioned this last week, he's better and greater than angels. You see, angels aren't to be worshipped. There's a lot of New Age stuff now, there's a lot of talk about worshipping angels. Angels are not meant to be worshipped. They are servants. They're your servants. They're meant to be appreciated. And we could go into a whole lot. We looked at some of your notes last week. If, if you got those notes, you'll see we, we haven't time to look at the angels in the terms of, of the, their ranking and, and, and the, the different things that they do. But, but we know that they're sent. It says here, if we look down to verse 14, it says, Are not all the angels, are not the angels all ministering spirits, servants sent out in service for, for, of, of God for the assistance of those who are to inherit salvation? Verse, going back to verse 4, it says that Jesus took his rank and place by which he himself became uh, superior to angels. And it goes on right down referring to angels, he says, verse 7, uh, who, who, who makes his angels winds and his ministers servants of flames of fire, but to the Son, that's to Jesus, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. So the angels are, 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 are servants they're, they're servants of God and they're servants to minister to you as an heir of salvation. Now, I thought it was very interesting um, about this because, you see, we tend to think that we're all alone. And you need to know that there are angels all around you. Even in this place this morning, you need to know we can't see them. 
but there are angels filling this place. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if there's not a big one up behind me here. I could do with a bit of, bit of back support here. There's angels all around. We can't see them. The Bible says that what you see with a natural eye is, is, is only temporal. But what you see spiritually is for eternal, eternity. And so we need to see that, that the angels are real and they have been sent to look after us. Now, Joyce Muir has something to say to this. I could laugh. Joyce has always something to say, hasn't she? She says, she points out, that the angels of God are moved by the word of God. And we read this in Psalm 103, verse 20, and we haven't time to read it, but it says that there, uh, one translation says that, they, that the angels move at his word. Another translation says they move at his commandments. And so it's so important for us to speak out God's word and his promises and to declare it over our lives because there's power in God's word. But as we speak it out, not only does God's power come into being, but, but he then commands what you've declared over yourself. God commands and the angels hear the word spoken and they jump to attention and they run to you and start to help you. That's amazing, isn't it? That they're meant to minister to us and that's another source that we have to help us. And here's what Joyce says. This means that the angels are not moved by... I want to repeat this a bit slower in case we miss it, right? This means that the angels are not moved by complaining, grumbling, fear, worry, anxiety, or any other negative emotion that provokes negative speech. We need to believe what God says. And as we speak out his word, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13 says, I believed, therefore I've spoken. We need to believe what God says and then speak it out. I'm constantly saying this because there's power in confessing the word of, of God over your life and over your circumstances. You need to declare his word. And I've given you space here today to write when you get time after this is all over, to take some time and maybe to look right now at the things that are weighing you down that you need help with. Write them down and begin to declare over them what, what does God say about them rather than the fears and the lies that the enemy is speaking to you about. Jesus is on the throne. That's what we've read. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. To the ages of the ages, it says in the Amplified, verse 8. And the scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of absolute righteousness, of justice and straightforwardness. I wanted to stop there for a moment because I loved what it said in the Amplified. I just love these words. You see, you need to be aware that God sees your situation completely differently to the way you see it. You look at it and you think, oh, disaster, what am I going to do? No hope, done for. All those kind of words pop into your mind. But God looks at it and he sees it completely differently. Why? Because he's God. And because, because he is able to see the end from the beginning, he is able, he is going to rule forever, it tells us in that verse, for the ages to come. And when you bring things to God, he knows the end from the beginning. I've written this out in your notes. And he holds out the scepter for you to touch in faith. Having time, we could go into the whole thing about Esther. Remember she approached the, the, the king and she was afraid? He held the scepter out to her. And she had to go and touch the scepter. That was a sign of saying, I receive your grace. The king showed her grace when Esther approached him. 
And the Bible says that Jesus says, come boldly to the throne of grace. And he holds a scepter out and he says, just come by faith and touch that scepter because I'm ready to answer you. I'm ready with mercy and grace to help you in your time of need. And so we need to be women who are aware of what God says, that he is God and he's asking us to come to him and to receive by faith the promises that he's speaking over our lives and the things that he wants to do in our lives. I've written in your notes that God wants us, when we hear him, to know and understand that he loves us and he loves righteousness. What's righteousness? Well, a simple way of, of explaining righteousness is the right thing. The right way, the right thing. You see, God wants you to be a righteous woman. That means to walk in right paths. And I think you want that as well. And he loves justice. That means the right way. He can sort your situation out the right way. Leave it to him, trust him, and he is able to make your way straight. And I love what it said in the Amplified here uh, in that verse. It said that he is the God of straight forwardness. I wrote that down in your notes because it really hit me. It was like a ream of word today. I think there's somebody in here today and you're thinking, you know, this is too, too complicated. My situation's too complicated and it's, I just can't make head or tail of it. You don't have to make head or tail of it. To God, it's straightforward. The path out's straight. It's a straight path out and God wants to take you through. I want to show you this little picture because uh, a cousin of mine uh, got a girl to do me a painting. Now, you probably won't all see it, but I'll set it up and you can look at it later. But there's a friend of mine called Lindsay, and God often speaks to her, to her to, God, can you talk? God often speaks to her uh, through worship music and through, through painting as she is worshiping. And uh, she wrote, she painted or drew this sketch for me, and she felt it was a prophetic word over my life and over you ladies in Eagles. And here it is. It's a picture of a bridge. Now you maybe can't see it. Can anybody at the back see that? It's a, like a rope bridge and you might see glistening as I move it. There's like gold on the ropes which she said spoke of the Holy Spirit. And if you can, you probably can't see but on the other side on the rocks is written the word freedom. Now I believe that God wants us to go forward in obedience, hearing him, seeing him and he wants us to move from where we are across this bridge and into all that God has for us. And he doesn't want this opportunity to drift away from you. I believe God wants you to lay hold of this opportunity that he has for you. We're coming near the end. But I really want to challenge you about taking the opportunity. Now is the accepted time. I believe there's some of you here and God's saying to you, now is your moment to put your foot on that bridge and to move across. The enemy wants God's opportunities to be taken from you. He wants them to drift away from you. He wants you to, to miss out on what he's doing at this particular moment in your life. And I believe that this is, a, this is we are here, ladies, like Esther, we are here for such a time as this. Now is the day. This is the time that God wants to speak into your life and take you first step across that bridge into more freedom, and into more of what God has for you. I believe that with all my heart. And I want to tell you a wee story. I told this wee story a couple of weekends ago up in Enniskillen, and I just felt the Lord bringing it up again today to tell you. You see, whenever I was, and I haven't, I haven't much time, time's running out, so I'll tell it real quick. But whenever I was um, uh, in my 20s, 
My mum had died when my mother had died in a car accident when I was oh, just coming 13. And my father remarried, and then I had another little brother called Gary. And I was very, very close to Gary. And whenever I was about, I worked it out, I think it was about 25 or 26, which would make uh, Gary, if I can count right, 9 or 10. I decided that I was going to take Gary down to the lower locker room and I was going to take him out on a rowboat. Now, can you believe this? And uh, so the Lower Lock Urn, in case you don't know, because you're not from Fermanagh, Lower Lock Urn is a kind of notorious for, you know, the wind whipping up and for it becoming quite, quite choppy. And it can be quite dangerous. But anyway, naively, I decided I would take him out on my, on my own on this boat. We're rowing along on the boat, and I don't know which of us let go or what happened, but one of the oars just slipped out across the water. And there was nobody there. And, I mean, Gary was only a wee boy. There was nobody there. There was no boats around anywhere. We were right out in the middle. Of, I mean, we were, this, the land was a, quite a distance away. And in that moment, I had to make a decision. Was I going to stay in the boat? Or was I going to get out of the boat? And, of course, bravely, wouldn't you know, I slipped off the, the shoes. I don't, Gary, I was talking to Gary after that conference when I told this story, and he, sa- he says, you dived in, Mo, I don't think so. I think I remember, <laughs> I think I remember I got out quite gingerly, but I got out pretty quick because I knew that was going very fast, that oar was, was drifting very fast. And I remember getting into the water, and I started striking out to swim after this oar, grabbed the oar, and somehow got it back to the boat, and Gary pulled me in. Well, now, when I went home that night, my father was always, you know, he liked, to, he liked to wind you up a bit. And he says to me, do you know, he says, I can't believe you did that morning. I can't believe that you jumped into Lower Lock Iron. He says, do you not know that there's, there's pike in that lock as big as pork pigs? <laughs> he says, you're, I tell you, he says, as well, he says, that that, that that ore wasn't broken too, chopped in two, he says, one of them pike before you got to it. He put the fear of, I don't know what, into me. And... Uh, and that was a big laugh in our family. But you see, there was a moment, it was important that I got out of the boat at that moment, because I'll tell you, that oar was going away very fast, and I needed to do it there. There was a moment that I had to grasp, and I believe this morning that this is a moment for you. And you can be like, you can sit in the boat, or you can be like Peter. You can decide, I'm going to get out of the boat, and I'm going to step forward, and I'm going to trust God for the more that he has for me. I believe it's so important that you, that you realise there's a bridge of freedom that God wants to bring you into. And I've given you space to write down what, what are the things that are weighing you down. In your notes, I've given you space to write down what you believe to be the first step of faith. Because these things don't happen. We don't grow stronger. We don't, we don't move on with God if we don't ask him to show us, well, what's the first thing you want me to do? And I believe that God's going to show each of you the first step. And next week we're going to continue with this journey that we're all on. This journey of freedom. This journey of the more that God has for us. So Father, we are trusting you this morning. We are believing, Lord, that you, that you want us to step forward. We, you don't want us to let this opportunity drift away, Lord. You don't want us to let things slip. You want us to be women who reach out to you. You want us, oh God, to be women who will, who will move with you and not hang back and miss out for what you have for our lives. Lord, we recognise that we're alive for such a time as this. And we ask you now, Lord, that you just lead us. And even, Lord, as we sing this song, that we might really sing it from the heart. And, Lord, that you would be very, very close to us. Uh, We just put the rest of our time together in Jesus' name. Amen.
Our song is Everyone Needs Compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of the Saviour, the hope of nations. Let's really stand and sing this together. Let's sing it out. And we are here at the end for anyone that wants prayer. There's myself and a few others. And we're here ready to pray with anyone. Uh, There's an issue that God's raised in your heart today. Do not leave this place. Come up and get some prayer. Listen, we are all sisters together with the same Heavenly Father. And we want to encourage each other to keep going forward and keep crossing that bridge into all that God has for you. Amen.